Stand by for action. We are about to launch Stingray. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Stingray, anything can happen in the next half hour. <laughs> anything, anything at all. <laughs> now, we're joined. Now, this is whiskey related, but you have to be patient with us, folks. Just be patient with us. This is the future, and it's coming courtesy of Oceanways and Drew Bruja down below us. Now, welcome. Tell us about Oceanways and what the project is. So we are building the world's first zero emission cargo submarine fleet. So um, it's basically a new market of underwater transport system we're building. Uh, but the main mission is around uh, cleaning up the ocean. So the goal is to restore the ocean. So our submarines have uh, microplastic filters. We have got sensors that can help us collect ocean data. And then to commercially make it viable, we have cargo transport. So the substrate hydrogen, absolutely zero emission. The only emission is water. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this sounds this sounds very futuristic. Now, that's that. These are unmanned. They're, yeah. They're, they're, so they're 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 basically pilotless submarines. Why why a submarine and not a, a ship? What's the what's the benefits? So anyone like um, operating or living in an island community will know that they are at the front line of climate change, mm -hmm. and then they are the ones being hit by unreliable deliveries on dirty vessels today as well. And also someone living in up in Scotland and other island communities I suspect will know uh, that their, their fleet is aging right now. So our submarines can provide reliable deliver deliveries underwater because we are underwater and we are mostly uh, immune to what is happening on, on top of the surface apart from loading and unloading. So we can bring that reliability to those island communities uh, again with zero emission and, 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 and you know being a part of giving back to the, to the ocean rather than extracting from the ocean. So net positive transport. That's that's literally incredible, Drew. That is. that is is absolutely unbelievably incredible. That this is called thinking outside the box, in the box. This yeah. is what deliveries to islands should be because it it can go year round. It doesn't yeah. matter about the waves, the yeah. wind, yeah. anything. That it's that's incredible. It doesn't even need doesn't need need a crew. It could be completely autonomous. Yeah, it is autonomous right now. So design is to be port-to-port -port, uh, autonomous uh, uh, operations. And, and also, in the future, autonomous loading and loading as well. Wow. Now, I need to get my head around this. It goes, is it 50 metres below the sea? Yeah. And is that more fuel efficient? You know, is, is, is that uh, cleaner in terms of how no, much energy no, is? 50 metres is mostly derived from the fact that we don't want to hit any big big, big vessel on top, you know. <laughs> uh, the aircraft carriers, for example, around 13 metres, but some of the biggest uh, uh, container ships are around 23 metres um, draft they have. So we like yeah. to avoid all that, um, um, uh, all that vessels on top. And then, the, yeah, and then, of course, escape the weather as well. That that can be around, you know, 10, 20 metres. But yeah, yeah. I suppose you don't want it mistaken for a torpedo. 
that's, that's the other um, that's the other thing we have is uh, uh, working with allies and non-allies on underwater communication to make sure that people know we are a friendly vehicle or or who we are. So yeah. the whole game is stealth underwater, but we are here. Um, our design is not around stealth and not around depth. So we're going super shallow. And we want to be visible. So we're working with different yeah. um, uh, operators underwater to l- let them know who we are and that we are a friendly vessel and not an enemy. Yeah. Uh, Marty and me actually know an admiral who actually might like this <laughs> to arrive, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the, the focus of this is is for you primarily to, to collect data on, on what's happening in the ocean and to clean up microplastics. But in order to do this yeah. and to fund it, you want to carry cargo. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, you've said the ideal cargo to carry, and this is why this is why you're on here, is, is whiskey. Now, yeah. why? Why, why, why that? Uh, liquid cargo is much more easier for us to carry um, uh, than solid cargo. Uh, because of the density issues with cargo, different kinds of density. So we have to make our vehicle uh, neutrally buoyant underwater. With liquid cargo, it's much more easier. And then it's a high-value cargo as well, you know, under in, in the Scottish islands and, and in Ireland. So a high-value cargo and liquid, I think whiskey is the ideal candidate for that uh, on the one-way trips. Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly why. Yeah. Right. So a, lo- a lot of distilleries are, are in and around the coast for, for various reasons, certainly on... The, the islands in Scotland, for example, Isla is what yeah. springs to mind. Now, how, how big are these submarines? You know, how, in terms of length, how big are they? The design right now, the first one is around 21 meters long, and okay. it's one 20 foot container worth of cargo. So, we're looking at around um, 21 uh, tons of cargo as well. 21 tons of cargo? Yeah. So, so in your, how you envisage this? It, it pulls up into Port Ellen and Isla. Yeah. Lafroig put 21 tons of whiskey in it and it just seals away, it just scoots away. Yeah, right. to That's correct. In a local marina, like like you said, you know, most of the distilleries have their own little marina. And our yeah. goal is to come rock up in the marina. Uh, in an ideal world, um, an electric van will deliver um, or bring a tanker uh, or deliver the cargo from the distillery to the vehicle. We fill it up. And off it goes, you know, uh, on its own. Loading and unloading should be autonomous. But again, for security, you know, if you know there's a bunch, there's a lot of whiskey coming in, uh, <laughs> a rumor, <laughs> a rumor in the in a marina, in anywhere in a destination port, uh, we may not actually get the vehicle. It may get picked up well before by the by the community. <laughs> so we have to make sure there's enough security as well. I mean, yeah. even if really loves it, there's a vehicle with rum in it or whiskey in it. <laughs> it's very interesting for them, more than a torpedo, I would say. <laughs> Give us an idea of scale, Drew. Uh, what size is 21 tons? Is that the size of a London bus, is it? It's it's one 20-foot container. When right. you say a shipping container, so that's uh-huh. one shipping container. Yeah, it's split into, I would say, if you keep that, that that's, the, that's the whole volume, yeah. yeah. So, now, um, the Scottish whiskey industry have, have goals to be net zero um, yeah. within a few years, and uh, Brooklady have a hydrogen generation program up right. and, it's up and running I think it's, it's heading that way um, do you see that as uh, like a, a symbiotic sort of partnership yeah. There? Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, they're already in the journey. The journey is to decarbonize the supply chain, uh, decarbonize the production mostly right now. We can actually help them decarbonize the supply chain. So that's the natural fit. And they're already in hydrogen production. They know how to handle hydrogen gas. And, and we all know it would be an ideal partner because uh, we can refuel there as well in the marina. Yeah or wherever if they have got the hydrogen facilities. So absolutely, uh, uh, the industry is moving in the right direction and we're looking for brands like um, like the Buclare you mentioned right now to be one of our partners, yeah. Yeah, so you, you see um, little, basically refineries or, or little uh, fuel generating stations where you can pull up, refuel, they power the distillery and you can go on your merry way with the submarine. Yeah, 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 all those uh, electrolyzers, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, That'd be cool. I mean, we, we, we have a good range right now, 300 nautical miles. But then, you know, we don't even need to have that kind of nautical mile uh, range if you're operating just, uh, you know, in, around the Scottish islands. Yeah, 300 miles is longer than I thought. Um, now, how does, how does the engine work? Because some people might not be familiar with hydrogen technology. How does, how does a hydrogen engine differ or is it the same? Tricky, very tricky. Uh, so it's, it's an electric um, motor in the end. So everything is electric. Whenever you hear about hydrogen, um, um, mostly 99% is mostly um, uh, electric motor that it powers. Mm -hmm. So there's always a battery involved as well uh, to start, stop, and to deal with the peak um, uh, energy requirement. Because the fuel cell operates optimum when it's performing very stable uh, at the point in time. So uh, the hydrogen fuel cell um, uh, that, uh, that we have right now needs hydrogen and oxygen to generate uh, uh, power. And once it generates power, it charges a battery or it can run the motor directly, depending on how you design the, the, the electricals. So for us now, it, 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 it powers the battery, but it also charges the, the, it powers the motor and also charges the battery as well. But what is different for our case, that is where the real innovation is. Mm -hmm. A hydrogen fuel cell needs hydrogen and air to operate outside. So it converts hydrogen and air to water, and in the process, it, may, it makes electricity. Very easy to do outside on a train, on a, on a bus, or on a plane, because you have got, you carry hydrogen, but you have got air outside to really play. Yeah. Underwater, there is no air. So we have to actually carry our own oxygen underwater as well. Not air, oxygen, pure oxygen. And then it, it actually, of course, leads to a lot, lot more volume and cylinders we have to carry. And making a fuel cell work underwater in this environment is the tricky bit. And that is where exactly the innovation is. How do we make underwater fuel cells work where there is no air? And how do you keep it safe? Uh, as well, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, use that charge the battery, and then it runs the uh, motor. It's <laughs> unbelievable, right? <laughs> could, could you not extract the oxygen from the salty water? No, no, it's not efficient at all right now. But maybe in the future, it becomes efficient. So use more energy to extract than we get. To what well, we well, understand you, understand you. Okay. Yeah. Now you've you've received a grant from the UK government for this, yeah. um, which which. Was it 380,000 from the that's government? For the, yeah, that's for the entire consortium, absolutely. Yeah, this is to do the uh, feasibility study to understand if it is feasible to uh, build and operate a, a vehicle uh, um, uh, from Glasgow to Belfast, you know, to de-risk the, the financial and technical risk. And that is exactly what we're doing right now to identify mm -hmm. the routes, the, the, uh, the cargo type, but also uh, technically as well, if it's feasible or not, and what would be the options. We'll yeah. solve Brexit, they'll never know the stuff's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Boris doesn't get to build his bridge, but we can get unmanned submarines. <laughs> much cheaper, much cheaper. <laughs> now, with, with whiskey, um, obviously, obviously it's a flammable product and, and so on. So that must carry some dangers. 
but under underwater is probably safer than being. Uh, I think. I think we are more more. We, I think the vessel itself is more dangerous than the whiskey. Hydrogen <laughs> and oxygen straight away, uh, right next yeah. to each other. So safety is number one priority to, to make sure that the, that the vessel does not explode or uh, nothing goes wrong. But underwater, uh, it can be a um, uh, bit uh, bit more um, easier than on on the surface. But then yeah. um, we do not want any explosion out there. So safety is number one priority to load unload. Uh, the whiskey and and more than the whiskey is the hydrogen and oxygen and the oxygen yeah. you know, loading that is much more um, flammable than the whiskey itself, and and we do not want to be uh, you know uh, create big noise in the in the north <laughs> in the middle of the night that, uh, yeah. and, and trigger a lot of people's interest globally globally yeah you know? yeah we, we don't want too many explosions in Belfast we had a few of them for a while in case you hadn't heard <laughs> yeah. now. In and around the islands of Scotland and, and Ireland as well, you see this transportation um, moving. Uh, you, you envisage a fleet of these, yeah, just, just to run autonomously. Yeah, yeah. I think Justin asked as well about the scale. So um, we, first of all, before we think about scale, um, we have to get operational experience. Yeah. So we need to know that we can run this and make it happen before we start dreaming about how big this can be. The question here is the other question is. Why it should be big, you know, because people think it should be big because that's how people are used to thinking. A big plane, a big container vessel, right? Yeah. We are thinking radically, though. You know about cryptocurrency, you know about decentralization very well. Everything is moving to a decentralization, localized production, right, rather than going to a centralized facility. So we're looking at decentralized distribution. So it can be multiple of these submarines working as uh, schools of fish that can actually make it more efficient and someone can chip in and help help each other. So depending on the depth, we can be flexible. We can do a lot of cool stuff uh, uh, with, with that. All of them huddle together. It can be like a train, a sea train as well. So multiple of those, um, you know, containers are between, but we have got the main um, uh, propulsion in the behind and the main navigation unit in the front. So these are some of the things to explore. But but before we explore and talk about all these dreams and possibilities, we like to get out in the water and do some operations. Yeah. What you're actually saying is you don't want it to be the A380 of uh, submarines too big to succeed. It needs special infrastructure everywhere. Like the A380, too big to succeed, and they have all stopped operations now. Uh, there's no new A380 out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but again, we are disrupting this new uh, this world of um, uh, transportation, thinking radically. So uh, uh, to decarbonize the, the entire uh, transport system, if we disrupt, we may have to disrupt a lot more things. You know, we may have to build our own port infrastructure, but we will try to avoid doing that. So it makes we, so it is easier to integrate to any port. But if there's a scenario that we may have to change the port infrastructure for specific needs, then we may have to do it. For example, um, today the container vessels, the container vessels are designed to work efficiently in a container port. Right, and then a bulk carrier is designed to operate in a bulk carrier port, different port infrastructure. So, yeah. depending on the cargo type, and our vehicles will change depending on the cargo type as well. We may have to change some of the port infrastructure going forward. But the goal is to make it make it work right now in, in the existing existing infrastructure. But but we are open to changing because we are redesigning and we cannot be bogged down by existing uh, standards. No, no. But no. You, your submarine is is so. It, it's it's so compact that realistically it, it could bring old ports back into play that were no longer viable as ports uh, because it could come in uh, the the infrastructure could low, be lowered over to the side or on a pontoon at the side of an existing port and then it could just it could dock automatically there so it, it could bring new life into old harbors couldn't it Drew? 
That's exactly. I think we can bring back life to all harbors, go more inland as well. And yeah, and, and bring the community where uh, they've lost it for different reasons. A lot of a lot of ports and fishing, for example, we can bring them back to life uh, using our new solution. And that, that is exactly, I think, where we will shine more than the big port infrastructure because they're designed for 1800 containers at least, you know, and yeah. we are just one or two container. And, and by going to these little ports, we can take away all the truck journeys from the main port yeah. to those little ports and the communities there and all yes. the other 30 ferry journeys. We can really get into, get them stuffed directly with zero emission. Absolutely. And, and also, if you aren't going into ports like Tilbury, which is already overwhelmed by a, a lot of traffic going up the, the Thames estuary, it, it, it avoids uh, the, the heavy shipping that, that, that uh, well, you have to go 50 metres below the waves to avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to go 50 meters, but not necessarily 50 meters. Um, I think we'll be okay around 30 meters. I think that that'll mm -hmm. be okay. 50 meters is real safe. 30 meters will be okay as long as we know what is going on on top of that. Yeah, we love to come up up the River Thames and do some delivery into central London uh, in the middle of night, uh, but not not during the traffic hours. But yeah, um, little. What ports. sort of what sort of speed does it go underneath the water? I mean, it gives it knots and and, and miles and kilometers as well, if you can. Yeah, so we are doing around uh, right now. It's around eight knots, um, but then um, uh, eight knots at three hundred nautical mile range. But if you reduce the range to around say um, one hundred twenty nautical miles, we can do around twelve knots. Um, operating in the Isle of Islay and Jura, as you know, the currents super hard. So yeah. we have a lot with the current, so I think we will definitely need around uh, 10 to 12 knots uh, to fight against the current as well. Um, so, so that's the goal, 12 knots. But again, um, we have to operate, we have to learn from the experience. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we don't do 20-foot containers anymore, but maybe we do more frequent and nimble delivery. So smaller, smaller capacity like a van, but we do much more frequently rather than a big uh, container. So we do small quantity, but more frequently and faster. That may be the way forward. But again, we don't know until we start operating. Do, do you envisage, maybe this is going too far, um, do you envisage delivery from, say, a distillery straight to the end user, to the to pubs and clubs? Because you you are much more nimble. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we so again, this is way, 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 way. Oh, way, it's way in front. Fine. But yeah, absolutely. So as you can see, for example, if we can deliver to a city center now um, where there are a lot of cargo bikes, for example, the last mile delivery. So what we're doing yeah. now is the first mile and the last mile. First mile, electric truck, electric van, our submarines, electric truck, electric van. But in cities like London and other big cities in Europe, we have got cargo uh, bikes now. And if you do the cargo bikes, yeah, we can go straight to the city center. Absolutely. Yeah. In the middle of the night. It's, I mean, it's incredible. What? What's your background? How did how did you or are, are you a, a, a spaceman or something? <laughs> how did you think of this? Well, I mean, usually you will find me cycling on 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 rivers around the world. So it's my road bike on the on the water uh, in the UK, then in the US and in the Netherlands, collecting plastic rubbish. Um, and then I thought uh, I got a lot of views. You know, it went viral around three hundred mm -hmm. million views on alt media in the world. You know, and I thought, all right, right, okay, three hundred million views are great. But then where is the real tangible impact? And that's when I started investing in startups, solving the plastic crisis to convert those 300 million views to uh, 300 million tons of plastic and carbon from the economy 
and now I'm doing my own thing because I want to get my hands dirty and I think time is running out. So yeah. it helped me a lot to be as a management consultant, uh, to have done some investments around this area. So I got a great network uh, um, uh, to really make it happen. And uh, I think that has been really helpful um, uh, with, the, uh, with my personal network to really push this forward all the time. Yeah. Now, how have you approached any distilleries or any any, any whiskey uh, manufacturers? I'm, I'm, I'm looking now. Yeah. So I'm looking for uh, interested distillers to really uh, work with and to work and, and, and help them in their journey to decarbonize their uh, supply chain, the transport and, and, and anything else. So I'm looking for uh, some of the distillers to really support them. I mean, I think that mm -hmm. is what you guys would be able to help me, you know, get those interested distillers to uh, uh, really support them Yeah, in any way I can, you know, not just the submarine, but anything else as well. We've got a lot of hydrogen experience too yeah I, the, the goal to move away from from carbon uh, and usage and also also just in terms of rubbish you know microplastics microplastics is one of these areas that people talk about but they're not actually aware of just the damage that microplastics do to the environment and to waterways and thus and to whiskey um could you, you explain a bit more about microplastics too Yes, so what are microplastics? These are like when the plastics break down into little pieces and little pieces and little pieces. So now, uh, you know, um, uh, while, say, for example, um, a water bottle, you know, that people chuck on the, on the curb in a bite or by wind from the, from the bin, it falls into the canal. From the canal, it goes to the, to the river. And from the river, it goes to the ocean. And the ocean, the wave action and the weather breaks in down to smaller pieces and smaller pieces of plastics, okay? Becomes really small. And as you know, plastic is made out of harmful chemicals as well that are really not good for any kind of, uh, uh, you know, yeah. animals, including humans. So as the uh, plastics become smaller and smaller, they become very sharp, very sharp pieces of uh, material that actually mm -hmm. leaks those um, chemicals as well. And all the chemicals combine together with the microplastics to become very dangerous cocktails. Okay. Now this is in the water in the ocean. Now the plankton start eating them. And the fish starts eating the planktons. Now it starts being caught by the fishing vessels. And before you know it, it actually ends up in our in our in our dinner table. You know, yeah. and we are eating those microplastics with those chemicals that combine together to form dangerous cocktails. And then this is really harmful for humans, for babies, for young children. That's one thing we're talking about microplastics from, from bottles or everything. The other microplastics or little plastic particles are from car tires. You know, we have got electric trucks and electric vans, but the moment you use the truck yeah. and the tires, it releases microplastics to the environment. The other thing, the biggest uh, thing is the is our clothing. You know, all the apparel that you're wearing, for example, the fleece and everything, all made out of um, 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 like like plastics polyester. The, yeah. Every time you wash, 750 pieces actually get re released to the environment um, and, and to the waterway, and back it goes to the ocean and the route I told you, uh, yeah. fish to us on dinner plate so people have sampled uh, fresh water they have sampled uh, beer uh, they have sampled whiskey as well i believe and they have found microplastics in those uh, in all kinds of uh, liquid form mm. so uh, i don't know a lot about the whiskeys but but if you start experimenting it's all over the place every yeah. every water tap water or uh, drinking like the bottled water has microplastics inside it tap water is much better than, than bottled water. I was going to have a drink of tea there, but I don't think I'll bother now. It's <laughs> more dangerous now because the tea bags are made plastic. plastic. Yep. Actually, yep. You're you, there. you don't have to worry for it to get back to you. Anyway. I you knew know. that. I, I actually knew that, Murray. They don't right. actually dissolve when you throw them away up the up the forest anymore because they're actually made of plastic. Right. You know? I'm going to have a whiskey in that way. There's probably less plastic <laughs> in it. Uh, now, so when you send out the submarine, it's going to filter microplastics out each journey. So 
Yeah. So, so let's see. Uh, the goal is not to clean up the ocean. We cannot clean up the ocean. No. This is the, the ocean. The goal is to, we have the filters, to collect the microplastics as we can. Uh, and, we, and we keep on learning. The goal is to learn. Mm-hmm. And different routes in Scotland, Ireland, or in, in the North Sea, things are different. We don't know the concentration of microplastics at those different routes we are operating. We don't know the concentration levels at different depths as well. You know, we don't know. And that is exactly what we're trying to find out using our sensors and, and the filters. To First, we figure out what exactly is the concentration level, and we increase our knowledge of what is happening on a daily basis on regular routes. So we go today, we go tomorrow. We, we can start finding a time series of, of, of difference, and we can figure out what exactly is happening. Why is it coming? And maybe we try to uh, have a better understanding of what's going on there. Again, you know, cleaning up is not the solution. To solve this problem, we have to stop plastic at the source. Yeah. But, but to gain more knowledge and information, and and we clean up as much as we can. But you know, I'll be honest, we don't know how much is the quant- No one knows the quantity at that level at that uh, part of the world. I think we could probably guess. It's not good. It's not going to be a good number. It's, it's in the Arctic. It's in Antarctic. It's up in the Himalayas. It's everywhere. It's, it's in everywhere. the desert. So, yeah. Now, time scale. When when where are you in terms of development and possibly bringing it the into goal- the commercial market? Yeah, the goal was to the goal uh, is still to have something uh, deployed. Like we'll do a commercial, tri- like a little trial um, in the US um, uh, this year, in the next few months. But the goal is to actually do some trial in the UK by the end of this year. So it may not be the twenty meter one because it's quite big and sixty ton vehicle. Maybe we build a smaller one around uh, less than ten meters and something that we can really manage in a good way to show people that this is possible uh, and we can test our autonomous algorithm, the loading and unloading. So looking for uh, end of year to do something. Otherwise, you know, mid, mid next year. I think we should definitely have something in the water. So, we, so by possibly to the end of this year, we can see this pulling into Belfast. And that's unloading, my goal. That's unloading that's crea- crates of hard bag <laughs> over onto the harbour. Yeah, yeah. that's the goal. But we never know. You know, we are looking for partners right now to make it happen, and we are doing some fundraising as well uh, in the next uh, in a few weeks. So again, it all depends on the fundraising. How quickly can we raise the money to do it? You know, so so it all depends. It all depends on a lot of things. So we'll, we'll put it like this: you are. Monitoring the ocean, you are cleaning up a little bit of the ocean, you are involving, there's citizen science involved in it, yeah. and you're moving whiskey about. What, what's not the like here, Drew? What's I not know, the like? I know, this? I know, exactly, yeah. We need one of your whiskey distilleries to, to, to fund the first vehicle as the as the founding partner. Mm-hmm. I think so it's one of the most... Listen. Angus, yeah, idea. yeah, it's it's incredibly imaginative. I mean, let's face it; it's only about just over a hundred nautical miles from Belfast to the Scottish Islands. Yeah, uh, that would take you maybe ten, twelve hours from point to point overnight. That would be incredible yeah. for for delivery. Take hundreds of trucks off the road potentially. Yeah. Uh, it's just literally totally incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it; who wouldn't want to go down? I mean, you, you could literally put people on these if it has oxygen aboard it. You could put people on board these, couldn't you? There's no windows on it, Justin. I, I can I can see it. I mean, the likes of, for example, Bush Mills. Bush, yeah. Mills, Bush Mills has a harbour just a, a few miles down the road from it, uh, Dunseverick Harbour, where it's, there's pretty much nothing there anymore. It's, you know, it's, it's a pleasure craft and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, so instead of having to transport it all the way to... Wherever I mean, it could just be loaded straight onto that and, and sent away. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Um, I, I personally think it's it's a fantastic project that it ticks so many boxes. Um, 
and I hope the, the, the Scotch whiskey industry and the Irish whiskey industry and even the English whiskey industry, which is now up and running, um, jump on board and, and make it make it uh, a reality. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to uh, any anyone interested in, in becoming the founding partners of this uh, incredible mission that we have right now. To, yeah. to to build the world's first net positive positive transport system, not net zero, net positive. Net positive. Ocean, yeah. Well, I tell you what, if you come to this part of the world, I would love to live stream the, the actual submarine submerging and reemerging from the water. I would live stream that to all yeah. of the Irish whiskey review viewers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will be there operating soon, so we will definitely be out there. And uh, we are exploring like uh, different routes: uh, Islay, Jura, Orkney, as well. So all kinds yeah. of uh, all kinds I, of routes. Honestly, I, th I think uh, whenever I heard about the project, I thought we have to we have to get you on and hear about this because it's it just sounds amazing, amazing, so futuristic. Um, so positive in every aspect. And, it's and all possible. It's all possible. There's nothing new, a lot, nothing new happening here. So it's been done many, many years. And the, the cargo submarines are not a new concept. You know, they're being in the business yeah. World War One. It's only yeah. about finding the business model to make it work. But then, you know, we are very confident we can do this from a technology perspective because uh, this can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, keep us up to date with what's going on. Let us know when you're talking under Belfast, and me and Justin will go down and live stream this. And if you're bringing whiskey over to us, even better. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, thanks a lot, Justin and Martin. Yeah, thank, thank you so Truth, much. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks really very much, Truth. Take care. Take care.